welcome to this Thursday edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. I am your phenomenal host, Mr. Podcast, and Chris Belcher. You can follow me at Chris Belcher 24 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The show is at PBW Podcast on those platforms as well. Make sure you give us a follow, interact with us, let us know if you're digging what we're doing. Uh, if we're talking about what you want to hear about, best way again for you to do that interact with us on social media at pbw podcast make sure you're hitting the subscribe button wherever you find your podcast make sure you're downloading our shows give us a five-star review we appreciate that that's on spotify that's on apple podcast wherever you find your podcast that's where you will find our show also on sportswire radio sportinarium.com forward slash player give those guys some love over there i know they would appreciate it as well and of course we could not forget our video partners, Bodyslam.net. Make sure you subscribe to their YouTube channel. Hit the notifications bell. Uh, make sure you are supporting all the other shows on the channel. I know they would greatly appreciate it as well. Once again, my name is Chris Belcher. Thank you for hanging out with us on a Thursday or Friday whenever you're listening to the show. I could not do this by myself. Joining me, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Andy York, the young buck. I almost said Andy Young. Look at that. <laughs> and I stopped myself. Oh, man. How's it going? It's good, man. It's uh, it's going to be a fun episode because I, uh, obviously, as everyone knows, there was no Money in the Bank post-show. And partly that was because that was supposed to be mine by myself. But um, if I would have done it after the pay-per-view went off the air, it, I probably wouldn't have posted it because I was feeling some things. So mm -hmm. I'm mm -hmm. sure it's going to be a lot of fun to talk about. It. I've had some time to digest it, and uh, my feelings have not changed. So it'll be it'll be really fun to it'll be really fun to dive in and talk about it. I was going to say, man, I just wish you would have hit that record button. That would have been fantastic oh, content. It would have been close to your Starcade rant. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Well, we're going to get into Money in the Bank again because we didn't have a post show. So we're going to get into that. Uh, we also are going to try to devote some time to whatever else happened in the WWE as well as AEW. Got some big things on the horizon for AEW, a Ring of Honor pay per view announced and all that kind of stuff. So we're going to try to get to all that. But first, before we go any further, make sure if you haven't already that you catch yourself up. On the PBWF, the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Federation, our fantasy booking show that comes to you every single Monday. This past Monday, Andy, we dropped the go-home show for our very first pay-per-view. Mayhem presents Conquest of Champions. Mm -hmm. Revolution presents Game On. And Andy, uh, full disclosure, peek behind the curtain, we've already recorded the pay-per-view. <laughs> and I can't wait for people to hear it. It is going to be a lot of fun. It is, and uh, just you know, forewarning now, uh, there is no time limit, and I definitely went into uh, my bag for that. Did not mean to, but uh, yeah, I uh, I've already peeked behind the curtain even more. I've already edited our pay per view episode, and uh, I did not realize how long I actually went until I went back and watched it. I was like, oh wow, I somebody just should have just cut the feed because it went a little <laughs> long. But uh, no, I enjoyed it, man. It was really great. You were doing a lot of fun stuff, great stuff. Um, I'm 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 liking the storyline progression of what I'm doing, so it's it's gonna be a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. So if you guys haven't checked that out already, you have until Monday to get yourself caught up before the pay-per-view drops. Episodes one, two, three, and four are already out. So make sure you catch up. Again, like we've been saying on all these episodes before, they are there are intricate details in these storylines. 
some callbacks, some look aheads, mm-hmm. some things that that not only are we trying to entertain you as the listener and as a viewer, we're trying to entertain each other. Right. So there are things that I'm going to drop in a promo or something, or I'm going to mention just offhand, but I can't mention it more than that because Andy's going to catch, he's going to catch up on it. Uh-huh. Uh, he's So I have to just mention it the one time. And then when it comes to fruition later, I can say, I mentioned it in week number two of this whole thing. And Andy's going to be like, Oh yeah. That, you blah, blah. So, all that to say, make sure that you're listening to these shows all the way through. Uh, we do this not only to entertain ourselves, but to entertain you as well. Yep. As Andy said, it's a lot of fun. Pay-per-view is going to be a blast. Uh, do not set a timer and expect Andy to end on time. Um, but it's, but I it was good. It. I get into it. I'm telling you, I, that's the hardest part is like, I felt like I only went like 25 minutes and then Brad was like, you went like 45. And I was like, well, I did what now? I did, I did not realize I went that long. I will say, I will say this though. Like you, I went 25. You went, you went 20. Uh, you went like 30. I think you went 30. Okay. Is what I counted. I think it was 30. Okay. I will say well, this though. Regardless. The fun about this as well is you never know who's going to show up where. And it's, that's the fun part about all of it is you never know what's going to happen. You never know what deals me and Chris kind of trade behind the scenes and you never know what's going to happen. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Yes, that is, that is definitely true. So coming up at the pay-per-view, there will be some potential unannounced guests that show up on both shows. Yep. So if you, even if you have been listening so far, get ready because you know, you're about to get hit with some, some surprises <laughs> there. So not to go any further in that. Don't want to spoil anything. Just catch yourself up and make sure you give us some feedback on that at PBW podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All right, man, let's dive into it. Money in the bank is in the books. Um, lots of things to say about this. Lots of mm-hmm. things. We'll start with the women's money in the bank match. I will say very nice match. Very entertaining, better than previous ones that I can at least remember. Wouldn't you agree? Um, probably. Pro- I think. I think the best one so far was probably 2018. I think that was the best women's match. So, like the women's ladder match so far. But this one was. It had its moments where yeah. it was a little disorganized and things, but it was still sure. fun. All the way through, like that. That's that's the thing about these money in the bank matches. They're not technically sound. They're not supposed to, but right. they're fun. And that uh, this one was definitely fun. Well, there was definitely some botches for sure, uh, yeah, yeah, as yeah. as as are going to happen in, in money in the bank matches. And you know, when you're messing with ladders, Corey Graves kept saying it on commentaries, like you're messing with ladders <laughs> who are not cooperative. They they don't yeah. cooperate with you, so things are going to happen. So yeah. And, and he wasn't just saying that to be a broadcast journalist. That's the truth of the matter. <laughs> you know, you're trying to what people, what common folk like us don't don't really realize, especially when we're watching this, is these ladders are 10, 12, 15 foot They're ladders huge. that these guys and gals are trying to maneuver around. It's not that easy. No. We make it seem like they should just be able to toss it like a javelin, no problem. And that's that's really not the case. So kudos no. to them for for the things that they are able to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I kind of throwing this out there now, obviously, because I don't know if you've been on social media the last day or two. Uh, people that have been taking unnecessary shots at Shotzi 
is is just un unnecessary. So right. uh, you know, I th- I thought she did really great. I I loved watching her in the match. Obviously, not everything went perfect, but in ladder matches, if everything went perfect, it wouldn't be the same. Like the right. spots that aren't always perfect look ten times worse because they are and they fit the match perfectly. So I really yeah. enjoyed it. I thought she did pretty well. I thought Raquel had a really standout performance in this match as well. Um, she did really great. I, I think they have really high hopes for her um, over the next year or so. I think she's going to do well. Obviously, Becky is Becky and did amazing stuff, except – not except. I loved it. But, man, every time she puts somebody on a ladder like this way and does that leg drop, it never, never, never. works. She always just bounces off of him, and it looks so, so rough. She always overshoots it. Always. Yeah. Like, all she had to do literally was just like – Take a step off well, and just fall. She didn't overstep the Charlotte one. She landed right, right on top of Charlotte that time, and the ladder did not budge one That's bit. That's true. That's true. I forgot <laughs> so I about think, that one. I think she was like, I'm not going to do that to Asuka. I'm going to jump a little further out this time, and maybe it'll go through. If not, I'll just nick her, and we'll make it look like it's it's as bad as it was. It looked painful, man. I it wouldn't did. want it to be Asuka no. on the receiving end of that. But the standout performance of all standout performances, the winner. The Money in the Bank and Ladder match, Liv Morgan. Uh, happy that she won, man. Uh, the Absolutely. fans were obviously behind her. I've been down on Liv Morgan before. Uh, we're going to probably continue that train here shortly. Uh, but I will say that of all of the people in the match that deserve to win the match, like this was Liv Morgan's match to win, in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely. Um, I know I didn't predict her to win on our prediction show, but like, this was her match to win and and she got it done and I'm glad the the fans were behind her on it. Yeah, this is this has kind of been like a long time coming for obviously a lot of supporters behind Liv. I've been I've been a supporter of Liv for a while and so I I love what she did. I'm so glad they finally put the the briefcase with her and I'm very glad that they let her kind of get that moment that she's been working so hard cuz it always seemed like she would get so close and then they would like pull the rug out from underneath her yep. and she would always fall back down. So this was definitely like the big E spot from last year of the baby face fan love, like the fans adore pick up the win. And it was the pop that she got when she won was huge. I mean, massive. So I really, really enjoyed that. Well, let's go ahead and move to the, to the end result about two hours later after that happened. And Ronda Rousey defeats Natty in um, a fine match, I guess. Um. <laughs> okay, which was worse, Mella and Bianca or Natty and Ronda? Oh, Natty and Ronda by far. I enjoyed. So? I enjoyed Mella and Bianca. Okay. I hated every second of this match. When look, I tweeted it out. The Rock has nothing to worry about now. He does not have the worst sharpshooter of all time. It goes to Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey has the worst sharpshooter of all time. But listen, I, I hated the finish where she did the little foot on her neck choke thing like it didn't even look that it looked like natty was just kind of resting there and then was trying to sell it i just yeah i was very happy to when this match finally sufferably ended yeah the finish didn't look great but no. i love i loved ronda's sharpshooter for the simple fact that she did the Shawn michaels pose yes. with a sharpshooter that was fantastic i love it was it it was a nice moment but i wonder if she's it looked like she started to slip and was like oh let's just do this really quick well so it doesn't <laughs> yeah, look as bad but maybe yeah, it was she did rough. 
So we have that match, and then Liv comes out to cash in. Mm-hmm. And every women's I know I asked you on our preview show if you thought there would be a cash in. And I figured out that every women's ca- every women's money in the bank match, except for two, has had yeah. a cash in that night. Except for Mella, who held it for almost a year. Mm-hmm. And Nikki A.S.H. last year, who cashed it in the next night. And technically Asuka, too. Technically Asuka, that's true. She right. kept it. Until the, the next night. The, <laughs> the collective <laughs> amount of time that a female has kept the briefcase in WWE is significantly low. Yes, it is. And it's it's kind of frustrating. Like, I'm not blaming them for doing the live cash-in. Mm-hmm. No, wait, yes, I am. Because... That's one gripe that I have with this. I feel like she would have been, she could have been one of those that could have held on to it for a little while. Yeah. You know, because yeah, she's, she's the underdog already. You know what I mean? So right. it would be like, it would be like her taking it and being like, look what I've got, you know, blah, 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 whatever. So yeah. that to me, that would have fit better. I don't know. Yeah. What do you, are you okay with the, the same night cash in? I mean, the fact that we got Liv as champion, I'm totally fine with it now. Um, I will say it was the most stressful, like, minute and a half when she was in that ankle lock because I thought for that whole minute that she was going to tap out and that it was going to be a, the biggest waste of all time. I was I was on the verge of losing it for a second. Um, but, I like, I, I agree. Like, in hindsight, I would have loved to see her hold that briefcase for a while. Um, maybe like maybe just till SummerSlam, maybe till, you know, the Rumble or Elimination Chamber or or something like that. I think that mm-hmm. would be that would have been more interesting. But I will say, this is one time where they struck while the iron was hot, and uh, yeah. iron was definitely hot with Liv getting the getting the title on her. I really wonder what we're gonna do with Ronda now. Um, I wonder yes. if she yep. is gonna get the rematch at SummerSlam or if she's just kind of done which you kind of know my thoughts and feelings about about which one I, I would prefer. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I agree. I think it's it's becoming a trend that is not a good trend of the women cash in automatically on the same night. Um, and so it used to be like the only other time I can really remember it was obviously when Dean Ambrose did it and all three members of the Shield – held the title in one night. That's that's right. cool enough to do that that yeah. moment. Like that's tells the story itself. Yeah. And then I also think Kane did it one time, didn't he? He did, yep. When Kane he won the money it. in the bank and then he cashed in on Ray. I believe it was Ray. Ray. It was Ray. So like that's the only two other two times I remember the men doing it. But then the women have done it like four years in a row now, five years in a row. Some some ridiculous number like I mean that. if you take well, Nikki last year was one night. Oscar yep. the year before was one night. Yep. Bailey did it. Alexa, Alexa did, did it. it, and now you've got Liv doing Liv. it, and then Mella was the only other one, and she held it for. See, that's the thing is, like, I look back on Mella holding the Money in the Bank briefcase, and it was so entertaining. It was like so many people hated her, but that was the point. Like, she had this. Right. It's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that Mella is going to be the women's champion. She's like, look. Right here, I've got it whenever I want it. Yeah. Whenever I want it, right here it is. And I and think Liv, I think Liv could have done that in a baby face kind of way. 
Yeah, I agree. I think it's easier for the heel to hold it, sure and it and do more with it because, like, obviously we saw it last year with Big E. Big E held it, and he was a babyface, and he stayed a babyface all the way through, and he kind of did it perfectly. Um, but you know, I always think of like the best people that hold the briefcase are heels. Like yep. Seth Rollins, when he held it, was fantastic with it. Obviously, every time Edge held it was perfect with it. Yep. Um, Dolph Ziggler, when he held it, did a really great job with it as well. So, like, yep. there there are obviously levels of to it, and I think heels work better with the briefcase. Mm-hmm. So, like, I agree. I think I think it could have worked for Liv, but I'm still really, 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 really happy with the end result of the night altogether. I'm not. <laughs> And here's why. I thought it was weak. I thought the whole thing was weak. Okay. I'm not saying that Liv can't be the money to make briefcase holder. I thought the finish was awful. Her rolling up Ronda after a kick, after one minute, that was that was dumb. Did nothing to help Liv Morgan whatsoever. None. Number two, it was weak in the fact that Rhonda didn't even give Liv her moment in the sun. No, she did not. As when the match was over, like for this to be the dream come true moment in the sun for Liv Morgan, they needed to put that title right with her and do her celebration. Then if Rhonda wanted to shake her hand and do whatever, do that afterwards, but let Liv have that moment. Cause that's what it was all about. Because you could, to me, you could tell the crowd was like, what the heck is going on? It wasn't like a, oh, what's Rhonda going to do? It's like, what are we doing here? Right. Like, uh, it was, oh, everybody's excited. Oh, let's bring it back down. What are we doing? Yeah. Oh, can we be excited now? Can we? It was almost like it took away from what happened afterwards. So, yeah. terrible execution on that. And then number three, I'll get off my soapbox. I'm sorry. I know how you feel about Ronda Rousey. And yeah. know that this run of Ronda Rousey has not been nearly as successful and prominent as her run in 2018. We can all agree with that. However, this made Ronda Rousey look so weak. Like she is nowhere near 2018 Ronda Rousey at all. No. If if her winning the title and they were trying to get her back to that point, because I think they were headed that way. People were starting to get behind her. You know, she was making appearances weekly on TV, whatever. They were headed in that direction. You think this would have happened to 2018 Ronda? Not a chance. There's no way. Right. Because the cash-in that did happen, she wasn't the champion. Right. She was going for the title. Alexa caused the DQ and then pinned the champion. So I just think the execution of it was incredibly weak. I'm skeptical about what they're going to do with Liv and the title. We can get to that in a second. I just thought the whole execution was just super weak. I agree. Like looking back on it, like in hindsight, I, I agree that it was probably weak. I get why they sell. Like obviously they were trying to sell the sharpshooter and they had been pitching the whole time that the most devastating finisher of all time, the sharpshooter or the arm bar. Yeah. And I think she was in the sharpshooter for a couple minutes. I don't know. I she honestly, was, yeah. I blocked out that match as much as I could. Um, they, uh, so she was in it for a while. So I guess she was selling it, obviously live kicking the knee to get out of the hold and doing the roll up one, two, three. I think the roll up was trying to make Rhonda look as strong as she could in defeat. Um, which I, yeah. I don't think she looks as weak as you're, you're saying. I get what you're saying, but I don't, I don't, to me, I don't think she looks as weak because I didn't see her 
I already had a bad right. spot for Ronda anyway. I don't think she's she's not anywhere near the level that she was in 2018. I don't think she was has even been close. I don't. I think this has been the worst one of the worst women's champions runs of the last decade with Ronda. I think it's mm. it's up there as one of the worst. And so I I I agree that they probably made her look a little weak. I don't think people care because they got what they mm. wanted at the end of the day with Liv. So nobody really cares about Ronda I got you. not being the champion anymore. Um, all all everybody focused on was Liv is the champion. They actually did it. Holy crap, let's celebrate. Like that was sure. that was my reaction to that. Plus Kudos to Michael Cole and Pat McAfee because they sold it like crazy. Did you see the, the ISO camera that they put out today? I oh did. I did. They sold like crazy. Kudos to Pat McAfee, man. I I mean this with the most respect to Michael Cole as I can. Pat McAfee has made Michael Cole so much yes. better. Yes, so yes. much better. Not saying that Michael Cole was ever bad. He, he... Has just unlocked something new in Michael Cole yes. that has made it so much inter- more interesting. They, it makes it makes Michael Cole. It makes it seem like Michael Cole is loving what he's doing. Again. Absolutely, I'm not Absolutely. saying that he was going through the motions or whatever, but like it makes genuine Michael Cole the person come out when Pat McAfee's there. And it's because Pat McAfee is literally just Pat McAfee twenty four seven, and like that energy yeah. feeds off into other people, and so we see that with Michael Cole. Yep. Uh, so I'm I'm kudos to them. They sold that whole thing. Perfectly, absolutely perfect. Great, yeah, it was great. Um, so let's look ahead a little bit on Liv Morgan here. I don't know if she keeps the title to SummerSlam. I say she probably does. I know a lot of people are probably pointing. Okay, here's the perfect spot for Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got. I mean, Sasha technically hasn't been released, so we don't know what's going to happen there. Right. Uh, you could have Charlotte easily come back in this spot. You could uh, Rhonda. I mean, you could have Fatal Four Way do whatever. Yeah. What What do you think if you're looking ahead to SummerSlam? I think Bailey's the perfect choice. Um, I disagree because I don't ahead. think I think Bailey could lose to Liv, and it's not going to hurt Bailey. I I think Liv is going to hold the title for a little bit. I think she's going to hold it till. Maybe Survivor Series, maybe a little further. Okay, I think they're going to keep it on her for for a little bit because I don't. Bianca is the one that I think might drop her title sooner than Liv, and I don't mean that in a bad way towards Bianca because I think Bianca's had a great run so far. So I I don't I don't I don't know what they're going to do with that there. I I swear if on Friday I hear Charlotte's music, you might just hear a small tiny brain explosion. <laughs> Here in, in in Tennessee from me because I, if I'm getting Brock Roman in the main event of SummerSlam and I get a Charlotte Live match where I know Charlotte's going to win, I, but yeah, it's not going to be pretty. Um, so you take it to SummerSlam. I, I I would heavily think about it. <laughs> if Pat McAfee wasn't on the card, I would probably sell my ticket to, to SummerSlam. Um, oh, but I don't. Know, I I think Ronda could work. Because maybe you could do Ronda live and then have somebody run in and cost Ronda or something like that. Um, But I think Bailey probably is going to be the choice that they're going to run with. I'm going to go with Charlotte just because Liv needs a heel to put her continuing, you know, her run forward. Charlotte's the perfect person to do that. Now, whether Charlotte beats her, 
and then Liv turns around and regains the title and they trade it back and forth a little bit, I think that's possible. Here's why I disagree with Bailey. I'm not saying Bailey is a bad choice. We haven't seen Bailey in how long now? Over a year? Uh, I think the last time we saw her was WrestleMania 37? She was. Or was it a little no, after that? It was headed into Money in the Bank. Yeah. Because she was supposed to face Bianca and then she got hurt. Yeah. Here's why I had the problem with Bailey Seth Rollins 2016 comes back after however long it's been. And the crowd goes ballistic. Mm-hmm. And he comes out the next night and he cuts a heel promo and he tries to be a heel and it just doesn't work. And then that was in like May by right. SummerSlam. He's a babyface. Bailey, same thing, I think. Is she I, come, I, I just feel like that if she's been gone for so long, right? That people are just so ready for her to be back. It's going to be the same. I think it's just going to be hard for her to be a heel. I, the one, I see where you're coming from, but here's the massive difference in the two situations. Liv Morgan is not Roman Reigns in 2016. Well, that's where true. If anybody shows up okay. to beat down Roman, they're going to be the biggest face in the entire company at that well, point in time. I think mean, that's true. Yeah. I think what you could also do is have Bailey return and it looks like she's going to help Liv. And then she turns on Liv right in that same segment. And then that's where the booze come in. I think that's okay. how you can turn her heel. I think I think there are ways to turn her heel organically without it being, oh, she's back. Let everybody cheer. And then the next night she cuts a you people promo that right. makes no sense. Right. Um, and so I think that's part of it. And plus, I think at the time people were like clamoring and were waiting for Seth for that heel for that face turn. Like we were dying for that face, that Seth face turn. Sure. And I don't think that was really the case with Bailey as much when she left. Um, because I, I think she was kind of turning up the, the, the works with the heel run. So I think they, I think there are ways to do it. Um, I just don't want Charlotte in that, that, that I know. match at all. I know, at you all. Don't. I know. Here's my thing though, is like, it's not the fact that I don't think Bailey could fit the part because like I said, I think she can. Mm-hmm. I think it's more devastating for Liv if you can't get Bailey to be the full blown heel to put Liv over, because right. here you've got this brand new first time champion that people are excited for, and then you get somebody in there who they haven't seen in a year, who they're just as excited for, and then your crowd is split. And if Liv wins, people are like, oh, I wanted Bailey to win, and you right. get too much of that, you know? Yeah, I mean, honestly, they could go Liv Lacey Evans if they really wanted to. At SummerSlam. And that's a good, like, that's a fine, decent opponent. It's a fine opponent. Cause I don't know if, I don't know if Lacey's a face or a heel at this point. And I don't think, I don't think WWE knows whether she's she's a face or a heel. I don't think anybody knows at this point what she is. Um, But I think you could put her in there with, with Liv and Liv could get a couple wins like that before we get to Bailey at, you know, Whatever pay per view we we're at down the line, sure. I think you could. I think you could definitely do something like that. A lot of different directions you can go in with this. Um, lots of different feelings that I am still attempting to process through this whole thing. <laughs> uh, so we'll have to see where we get to by SummerSlam. Let's go to the men's Money in the Bank match, but we preemptively, before we can discuss this match, we have to discuss the United States title match from Money in the Bank. 
a finish that neither of us expected at all, I don't think. And a match that was actually really decent. Like, I enjoyed Very it. Very good. The yeah. crowd was so hot for Bobby Lashley. Yes, they were. So hot for Lashley. Uh, I I did not expect Lashley to win. Um, I'm happy that Lashley won in the moment. And then, honestly, as soon as I saw him win, some ideas started creeping into my mind of no. they wouldn't actually do this, would they? And turns out they're as dumb as they are. Um, so I, I'm so glad Lashley won. I'm interested to see where we're going because we already know at SummerSlam we're getting Lashley versus Theory, which I'm excited for because that means it frees up Cena to do something with someone, which I have no idea what he's going to do yet. Yes, um, very anxious for that. So I, I don't really know what to expect from that aspect, but I would, I would have much rather Theory retained after what we got later on the night. What we got was Theory becoming the eighth man in the Money in the Bank ladder match and then winning said Money in the Bank ladder match. Yeah. Lots of issues that I have with this. Yeah. Lots of issues. Number one, everybody and their brother and their brother's mother and their brother's mother's cousin knew as soon as Theory got entered into that match that he was going to win. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you're watching this product at all, like, you knew that was going to happen. And that is so frustrating. Yeah, I. If you wanted Theory in the match so bad, and you wanted him to win, because personally, I think it's too soon to put that on Theory. I think it's way too soon because I think the problem that you run into with the Money in the Bank is you need someone that's believable enough to beat Roman. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is believable enough to beat Roman. In a way, Riddle is somewhat believable enough. I could viably see Riddle with the Money in the Bank briefcase cashing in on Roman and winning the title. I could, I could see that happening. It's a little bit of a stretch, but I could, I could get there. Um, Storyline wise, there are Sammy five Zane. guys. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Storyline was I could see Sami Zayn winning, sense. not necessarily cashing in. Oh, you're talking about him. guys in the match. Okay, go ahead. Right. Sorry. Yeah. 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 I I could see I could see Sami Zayn winning the briefcase and yep. doing a storyline thing with it. Totally yep. fine with that. That yep. that's fine. Drew McIntyre is believable enough to beat Roman Reigns. Absolutely, absolutely. Mad Cat Moss, no way. Omos, no way. I think I went through everybody. Did I miss somebody? Oh, Sheamus. Sheamus is. I said Seth. I think it's the beginning. Oh, okay. Um, Maybe I don't know. Seth Rollins is absolutely believable enough to beat <laughs> right. to beat Roman Reigns. Sheamus is one of those guys that I. At the moment, he's not, but if you build him up properly, I could somewhat see Sheamus being the guy. He's done it before. He's done. He's he beat Roman before, before for it. Yeah, and he exactly. did. He, he cashed it on Roman for it, so I could kind of see it. Omos, absolutely not. Mad Cat Moss, absolutely not. Austin Theory, I like Theory. I like Theory. I like what Theory has been doing. I think Theory, in the next five to ten years, could be a huge star in WWE. Yep. I absolutely see what they see in him. Yep. The problem with WWE is they do this every single time. They are going to turn him into a Roman Reigns. They're going to turn him into a John Cena. Push him way too soon, way down everybody's throat, and the fans are not going to be receptive to him. And we're already sorry to see that with this Money in the Bank briefcase. Yep. It's a waste of a spot. It's a waste of a briefcase. And the thing that I look forward to a lot throughout the year is having that briefcase and having it cashed in is pointless now. Absolutely yep. pointless. 
if they do the thing what they did with Otis, like I loved Otis in 2020. I loved the storyline. I hated him winning money in the bank because it was a big waste. Because and even them getting it on Miz was still a big waste. And if they yep. do that again, it takes away from the briefcase ladder match yep. anyway. Yep. So if you wanted Theory in it, I would I could have handled Theory being in the match from the beginning and winning yep. much more yep. than this crap that we got. Yep. 100%. I I 100% agree with everything you just said. In fact, that was pretty much a regurgitation of the conversation <laughs> that I had with friend of the show Jason Backwoods before we hit record here. Yeah. It's exactly like Theory's not ready. And now we have so much momentum with Roman Reigns. Right. I know he's not on TV every week right now, but he is still the best WWE champion we have had in a long, long time. I know we've had some yeah. good reigns. Kofi had a good reign there for a little bit. Rollins had a good reign. AJ had two really good reigns. Yep. I get all of that. Rollins had a great reign in 2016, but Roman Reigns has done the part that Vince McMahon wanted him to do a long time ago, and that has yep. set himself apart from everybody else. It's Roman and everybody. So, that being said, number one, you are telling me right now that Theory has the briefcase. We're riding this wave of pushing Austin Theory. He's going to be the one to beat Roman Reigns? That's what you're telling me, is that he now has the briefcase, and Randy Orton used to be the youngest world champion ever. Now we're going to get Theory to be the youngest world champion ever? Like, you're telling me that's going to happen. He is going to yeah. be the one to beat Roman Reigns. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. Yeah. Because there are five guys, not counting Brock Lesnar, because we never know when he's going to show up. There are five <laughs> guys in WWE that could be viable enough to beat Roman Reigns and make it impactful. Because I understand trying to make a new star. I understand that you want to elevate somebody, but with the run that Roman Reigns is on, the mm -hmm. person that beat that finally beats him has got to be believable. Yeah, it's got to resonate with people, and for this finally to come to an end, like it's got to be somebody to take the bull by the horns and to continue what Roman's doing, yep. not for it to fall back off. Five yep. guys. Seth Rollins, mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, and AJ Styles. Yeah, there's your five guys. Yeah, you yeah. could obviously make the riddle argument like you talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. I can see it, but if I'm talking about we don't lose a step, we keep going. We've got all the momentum in the world. The world title seems just as important as it did on Roman Reigns. Boom. It's those five guys. Theory yeah. is nowhere close to those five guys. No. And and of the five that you mentioned, because you, you mentioned Seth, you mentioned Cody, you mentioned uh, Drew, Drew Randy, you mentioned and Randy and AJ. Of those five, I only see three of those five that are actually, that could actually do it, if that makes sense. I think all yeah. five could do it. I think mm -hmm. three, though, would elevate their career even more. I think Seth yep. Rollins is obviously up there. As, as yep. one of those guys. Drew McIntyre is one of those guys in Cody Rhodes. I think yep. Randy could sure. do it, but we've already seen Randy kind of do this yeah. thing before. And AJ, I, just, 
I love AJ with I love AJ as much as the next guy. I am a huge AJ Styles fan. I have been since his TNA run. AJ Styles in WWE is never going to be the guy. And I've had sure. to come I've had to come to terms with that because and this is oh this is another soapbox for me. Here we go. Ready? I feel like the last year and a half, I'm trying to think of the feuds that they've had. I think the last year and a half, WWE has wasted AJ Styles and Seth Rollins. I absolutely wasted them because AJ Styles has not won a pay-per-view since before WrestleMania 38, just after WrestleMania 37. Uh, yeah, because I'm sure he, he, and Omos, he, he and Omos defended the tag titles on pay-per-view after WrestleMania 37, so yes. Right, so probably WrestleMania Backlash was the last time that he... They lost them. At, they lost them at SummerSlam. So there's somewhere between Probably. WrestleMania and SummerSlam, right? That he had his last win, which yes. is only like what four months, three months, four months, something like four that. Months. Not not yep. not a whole lot. Yep. He hasn't won on pay per view since his yep. feud with AJ with Edge was a complete disaster. Complete disaster. He hasn't done anything in a year and a half. And if AJ Styles is a guy in a company and he hasn't done anything a year and a half, and a year and a half. There's a huge problem with that. Sure. A I huge problem. I don't care if he's 45 and ready for a colonoscopy or not. <laughs> he needs to always be at the top of the card every yep. single time. Yep. Seth Rollins is another one. I understand he just had a great feud with Cody Rhodes. I understand that. And I I have been on record to say that the the feud he had with Cody was amazing. The feud yep. he had with Edge was amazing was amazing. But he's always putting people over. Yep. He needs to win. This was the perfect moment to put the briefcase on Seth Rollins, have him have that briefcase, have him hold it over Roman Reigns' head, and he's a viable contender to win the title all the time. Yep. But they haven't done anything with the two of them. And so that's my one of my biggest problems. And I understand the argument because I have said this argument before. The problem right now with WWE is they don't have a lot of new stars. They don't. That's 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 it's Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar and everybody else. And that's that's a problem. But you need to build on stars that are ready for the yep. moment. Yep. Drew McIntyre was not ready back in 2012, I think it yep. was, when he was getting yep. the big push. Yep. He was ready in 2020. He yep. was ready to be the star of the company. Man, Bobby could La- you imagine? You imagine, I hate to interrupt you, could you imagine, though, what this company would have been had the pandemic not hit? And oh, Drew McIntyre been that guy for that length of time in front of the crowd. Oh my Drew God. McIntyre, Drew McIntyre and Bobby Lashley would be on Roman Reigns level right now. Sure. And that I I I I don't doubt that one bit. Nope. Uh Bobby Lashley's another one. Like, yeah, he had a great run in two thousand seven, but this has been the best run of Bobby Lashley's career. Yep. Is in is these last year, year and a half, two years. And if the man could get a mouthpiece like MVP to talk for oh, him, he would be perfect. Like he's he's the full package. He is the full yep. package. The yep. Miz, the Miz first world title run. I don't think he was really ready for that. Like he right. he's great, and I love the Miz. He wasn't ready for that. You have to build on stars that are ready. Austin Theory is not ready. Right. Austin Theory is not ready. AJ Styles could be a massive star in WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, Riddle, I think, is on the verge that could be a massive star yep. in WWE. Uh, Sami Zayn is one of those guys that he had a great match with Johnny frickin' Knoxville at <laughs> WrestleMania. Okay, 
He is like Kevin Owens worthy. Where was Kevin Owens in this match? Why was Omos in this match? Why was why was Kevin Owens not in this? Like, that's the problem. You have to build on the right stars at the right time. And I just said beforehand, it's like Theory is going to be a star. I have no doubt in my mind Theory is going to be a star in the next five years or so. But you can't rush it. And that that's that is the biggest problem with all of this. Especially because they're either going to rush it and he's going to beat Roman Reigns. Or he's going to do something stupid with the briefcase, and we're going to cheapen the briefcase and lose yep. any momentum that Theory has. Yep. It's a lose-lose situation. It really is. It is. I just – I'm like you. If he would have been in the match to begin with and then won it, okay, fine. I can I, – I, I could swallow have, it a little better. <laughs> but I would still have the same opinions that I oh, do absolutely. right now. Absolutely. About exactly how this is going to happen because the way this now lines up, is either Theory's going to beat Roman, like I said, mm -hmm. something's going to happen with a briefcase, or somebody else is going to beat Roman, and the Theory's going to beat them. Yeah. So, yeah. What? I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I don't get it. No. Cody Rhodes and Randy Orton, their injuries really came at the worst time. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. goodness. I, I got to be real honest. I was not fully on board for Randy versus Roman at SummerSlam. Like, I thought it was going to be great. It was going to be amazing. But both guys wrestled such a slow pace that it was it was <laughs> going to be a, it was going to be a, a, yeah. a chore to get through. I would much rather <laughs> sit through Roman and Randy versus then rather sit through Brock and Roman part 12. Which oh, I'm very listen. I'm very nervous. No, I'm very nervous now because anytime WWE says never again or last one, it's never the last one. It's never the last. It's one. never the last one. So we're getting this again at WrestleMania 38. You watch or 39. They're not going to do Cody Roman. They're going to do Brock Roman. I can guarantee it right now. Stamp it. It's going to be Brock Roman again. Oh my goodness, we're getting fired up on this episode. This is yes, good. we are. We're full, we're like 40 ish minutes in and we've only talked about two Gosh. matches. <laughs> um, anyway, let's continue talking about the men's <laughs> match because before we move on, there were two spots in this match that really got me and I mm -hmm. want to get your comments on it. Number one, no, sorry. Three spots. Number one was Sammy Zayn's terrible power bomb that he took on the oh ladder that was in the corner. I mean, <laughs> The two okay, look, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. I understand, like you've had some barn burner of ladder matches in PWG and in Ring of Honor, and you beat the crap Jeez. out of each other with ladders. But if both of them or one of them is in the match, you know they're going to take the worst ladder bump of anybody, yep. Yep. and that's the case. That was yep. rough. It was so bad. They power bombed him into the corner. It looked like his neck gosh. caught the. Oh my gosh, it was terrible. Um, and the second one was again had to do with no it was theory it wasn't sammy i wrote this down wrong it was theory taking the 10 beats from both drew and sheamus oh i love on it. the apron i thought that was amazing it was so, such a such a good spot full disclosure my wife was watching with me and she absolutely hates theory That's like funny. she she despises Theory as much as she despises Christian Cage now for what he did to Jungle Boy. Like she, <laughs> she teared up over what Christian did to Jungle Boy. Like they, they got it with that. Of course. So, so she hated Theory, and as they were doing it, she just kept yelling, "Kill him! Kill him! Kill him!" So it was, it was, it was fantastic. I, 
I popped for that because of what she was saying beside me. That's amazing. That's so good. And then the third one, obviously, was the seven-way powerbomb on Omos. Loved it. Through the table. Just the way that they just chucked him onto the table. That was incredible. (laughs) It's the greatest table spot I've ever seen for a a dude that size. I... It was probably my favorite spot of the entire match was that. It was just it was so, so funny watching him fly through the air and going through the table. It was so good. <laughs> so we are 40-ish minutes into this episode, as I've just mentioned. Mm-hmm. We've talked about two matches. We haven't even talked about the best match of the night Oh, my yet. gosh. The Usos and the Street Profits for the tag titles. Gosh. Holy cow, man. What a friggin' tag match. I, I was not – like, it – it started off a little slow, and they were just slowly building it up and up and up. It was ridiculous. I Montez Ford is a beast right now. Yep. But Angelo Dawkins has got like has come into his own so yes, much. Yes, he has. Angelo yep. Dawkins is so good as well. I I used to re- I remember saying all the time that Angelo Dawkins was the luckiest man in the world to be riding the coattails <laughs> of Montez Ford, and that's not really the case anymore. Like Montez Ford is his own thing. Angelo Dawkins is is killing it right now. Obviously, the Usos are one of the best tag teams in the world. They're on the top of their game right now as well. The spot, he does it sometimes, but it just got me this time for some reason. The spot where Montez jumped over the turnbuckle yep. and just wiped everybody out. And yep. then Angelo Dawkins doing a suicide dive and landing on his feet yep. was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Absolutely I'm ridiculous. Not, I'm not normally a Street Profits guy, but and that's not that's not me saying that I don't respect what these guys can do because I echo everything you just said. Uh, I just I don't like their gimmick, but that's that's just me. The dudes can wrestle though. Oh my gosh! And you put them in the ring with the best tag team in the world. Yes, I just said it. Put them in the ring with the best tag team in the world, and you get match of the night yeah. all day long. Yeah, especially when they have time. Oh, they oh they gave gosh. them a lot of time, and and I was really happy to see Montez's shoulder up because I think that we're getting this back at yes. SummerSlam, and yes, if we get this run back at SummerSlam, I can die happy because that's the other match I'm looking forward to. As um, Adam Pierce said, I will take your tag team match and I will raise you up one. And put Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Oh in it yes, yeah, and have yeah, a triple yeah. threat tag match. Absolutely. Whole. Absolutely. Whole Go ahead, baby. just do it. Book it now. Put it on the show. Whole baby. Put it on the show. That would. Be Why amazing. not? The Viking Raiders are supposed to come back on SmackDown. Throw the Viking Raiders in there as well. Fatal Four Way Tag Match. Yeah. Make it a ladder match. Why not? Let's just have. Let's, let's just. Let's just have some fun while we're there. Let's do it. All the gimmicks. All the stuff. <laughs> all the things. <laughs> And then the Usos can prove again why they're the greatest tag team in the world and, and win the match. And ah. yes, I'm throwing darts at you. I know. Do they have three belts? They have two, but do they have three belts? They don't need three belts because they are the ones. Yeah. No. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> they're close. They're close, but they're. Uh, oh, man. Anyway, uh, let's <laughs> catch up on a couple of things from Monday Night Raw. Of course, we skipped over the Bianca Belair and Carmella match. Uh, solid match. You said you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was what it was. Nobody expected Carmella to win. It was fine. Corey Graves' commentary was on point, <laughs> as it always is when his wife is in the ring. So, uh, man, is very entertaining. So, yes, great stuff. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Well, that was weird. Monday Night Raw had some weird things, too, that happened. Um, 
Finn Balor wrestled in pants yeah. instead of his normal tights. That was kind of strange. I liked yeah. it. I, once I got used to it, it was fine. Right. Strange. Yeah. I'm, did you I'm did so you sad. like the Eddie Guerrero finish in that match? Or no. how did you feel about that? I understand why they did it. It's San Diego. It's the Mysterio's hometown. They don't care about Judgment Day at all. I told at you all. they weren't going to. <laughs> I mean, they didn't even give it a chance to let it breathe, though. Like, it, they turned yeah. on Edge. Rhea was going to go for the title. She got sick or hurt or whatever the case was. And now they're wrestling on main event and losing the Mysterios. And yep. it's just so sad. It's so sad. It is. It is. You are oh. correct. Uh, what about Otis throwing up? After the six-man tag. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. As soon as I did the hot dog eating contest, I knew it was going to happen because they've done it. They do it all the time. I think Titus threw up in JBL's hat one he year. Did. Yep. And I think somebody else threw up on Michael Cole one year, I think, as well, which was great. I'm just – can we find out who threw the pie at Kevin Owens a couple years ago? Can we please find that out? <laughs> I have been dying every 4th of July episode of either Raw or SmackDown to find out who did it, and we still haven't found out. How about the uh, how about Rollins getting ketchup all over his white suit? That was hilarious. It was so funny. It was funny. And um, him and Eze- and him and Ezekiel having just a random great match. barn burner of a match on Raw. I'm telling you, Ezekiel's older brother Elias works just as good as Ezekiel does. Go back to Money in the Bank 2018. He Seth does. Rollins and Elias. I mean, they they work it's very like they're similar. The same person. It's I just. Just be yourself. That's what John Cena says. Just got to be yourself. Um, <laughs> what about Gunther randomly showing up and destroying our truth on Monday Night Raw? How random was that? Yeah, well, German, USA, 4th of July, good way to get heat, whatever. It was fine. I, I love Walter. I, listen, I will say this. As of this moment, I'm excited for Survivor Series. If we get Bobby Lashley versus Walter, right, that's going to be two big meaty men slapping meat all across that ring, and it's 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 going to be brutal. So I, that I'm looking forward to. But I'm glad I'm glad that I called him Gunther and you called him Walter. I'm never exact, calling him that. It was ex- no th- no. This was the exact segue I was hoping would happen to transition to this side point that I have here. Go so. Ahead. I don't know if any of our faithful listeners out there listen to After the Bell with Corey Graves or not, mm-hmm. but that show is absolute gold if you don't listen mm-hmm. to it. Two weeks ago, Sam Roberts was on filling in for Vic Joseph. So Sam Roberts and Corey Graves, and they talked the whole show about the current product. Normally the format of the show is Corey and Vic Joseph will talk about 20 minutes about the current product, and then do a 30-minute interview. Well, this was just Corey and Sam talking about the current product. And they start talking about Gunther. And Corey, at the beginning of that segment, says, he stops himself. He says, I almost called him by something else, but that name doesn't exist anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Well, then they get into the episode. And they start going and start talking. And Corey just, something snaps in him. And he starts going on this rant. And he's talking really fast. And blah, 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 blah. And he calls him Walter like four times in the mm-hmm. middle of the rant. And they bleep it out every single time. Are you kidding me? And then it gets even better. So <laughs> Sam Roberts, at the end of this rant, he says, you know, you just called him by that other name like four times. And Corey just stops and he goes, 
well, I can't help it. It was just so good, and I got so caught up in it. But, yes, they beefed it out, and I thought you would enjoy that. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. It's It's hilarious. Bring (laughs) back Walter. (laughs) Hilarious. Uh, Another fantastic match from Monday Night Raw, the no-holds-barred main event, Bacon Lynch and Asuka. (laughs) That match had no reason to be good, but it was great. Asuka and Becky have great chemistry. Just fantastic chemistry together. So it was it was great. I love the manhandle slam through the table from the second rope. Like that was great. Her yep. using the umbrella to block the mist was great. Hilarious. I loved yes. it. Uh yeah, I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm glad that we're kind of going through this story now with Becky without her, you know, losing to Dana Brooke on Raw. <laughs> I mean, she can lose to other people. It's fine. She can um, lose to other people, just not the 24-7 champion. <laughs> we're almost an hour into this show, and we have one more WWE topic that oh, we, gosh. Cannot, uh, we cannot move no. uh, ahead without addressing. We have yeah. to address this. So for those of you who are waiting on our AEW talk, sit tight for another few minutes. Uh, and uh, we apologize already for going long. We knew when we got ready to hit the record button that this was going to be lengthy. Yep. The vignette that aired during Money in the Bank and during Monday Night Raw twice. Mm-hmm. We have to talk about it. Yeah, I know. I know where your head's at, and I know you I don't want to get your hopes up. I know. Who else can it be other than Bray Wyatt? It's Edge. I know Edge is getting fluttered. It's not Edge. It can't be Edge. If you look back through it, I there know. are way too many references to people Edge has specific, specifically had massive feuds with. I know. Like, Bray the... Wyatt has had no interaction with, obviously, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> He's had no interaction with... Uh, the Hardys. The Hard- well, he did with Matt. Matt he tagged he with, Matt with Matt for a while. But it was, specifically Je- it was specifically Jeff with I the know. armbands. I know. Um, Kurt Angle. Which he did. Yeah, I think, he, had I think he did. He had that. And he, him and the Wyatt family feuded with the, the Dudley boys for a little bit. Yep. I missed the Dudley glasses. It was it was but right I, beside I the were... Jeff Hardy band. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, Undertaker's, I think it was Undertaker's Cross was there as well. Mm, maybe. I think so. I missed that. Anyway, but I want it to be Bray. I want it to be Bray more than anything else. I want it to be Bray Wyatt. I want Bray Wyatt back. I want the Fiend back. I want all of that back. I just know it's probably going to be Edge. The boots are Bray Wyatt. The figure yeah. walking. That's Bray Wyatt. You cannot you cannot look at that figure and tell me that it's Edge. You can't. It is. I, I get that. And I think that's what they want us to think. Well, you're probably right. I want. I think they want us to be like, oh, Bray Wyatt is coming back. No, it's just Edge. Which, like, don't get me wrong, I love Edge, but if I think Bray Wyatt's coming back and I get Edge, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a little disappointed because it's not Bray Wyatt. So I, as soon as it aired, I my jaw hit the floor because I was like, that's Bray Wyatt. We are getting the Bray light, Wyatt back. The lights and the crow and all that kind of stuff. Like, it stink. Sting's coming back. Things come back. Okay, things come back. You heard it here, folks. Sting Exclusive pipe bomb wrestling podcast breaking news. Sting is going back. No, um, I want it to be Bray. I want it to be Bray, but there are too many indications pointing to it not being Bray for me. I think it's Edge. Now, 
if we get to whenever they debut and it's Bray Wyatt, I will almost have my Cody Rhodes incident where I almost passed out because I'll be freaking out, especially if it happens at SummerSlam. I will just die right there in my seat. Can you imagine the two events that you go to back? Oh, my gosh. Cody Rhodes debuts and then Bray Wyatt returns. Two of like Why? two of like my favorites now. And like like Bray Wyatt's one of my favorites of all time. I just yeah. I love everything about Bray Wyatt. Yeah. If he showed up, if I hear the lights cutting off and then we hear the fiend music or the, the screeching sound, I will literally just die right there in my seat. But I'm telling you it's edge. You're probably right. Yeah. Probably. Probably. Sensibly, you're probably right. However, I'm not trying to get your hopes up. I know. But I'm 100% behind the narrative that it's Bray Wyatt. Uh, Like, it has to be. It has to be. I'm like 95% sure it's Edge. I'm like 5% sure it's Bray Wyatt. But that 5% is so excited right now for it to be Bray Wyatt. I don't know how long these vignettes are going to run. Like, I that's the thing that I'm really curious about. Right. Is we only have less than four, four weeks. weeks until SummerSlam. Yep. So, are we going to get it after SummerSlam? Are we getting it at SummerSlam? Obviously, if it's Edge, I think we're going to get it before SummerSlam. Surely, Edge is going to be wrestling at SummerSlam. Um, you'd think so with all the injuries and everything else we've got going on right now. Yep. I just I don't I I want it to be Bray. My my gut is telling me though that it's absolutely Edge, and they're just trying to do this darker, brute ass character with Edge without Judgment Day because that failed and flopped so hard that they're trying to just do it by itself now and see what it does. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I but I hope you're right. I, I hope you're right. It's Bray. There was some, there was a couple of narratives online of people that other people that they were speculating that it could be. Somebody said Gable Stevenson. That's just because of the gold medals, but he never he never won a gold medal. I know, but like some people said that it was like, are you like this dark character that they're trying to advertise? You really think that's gonna be Gable Stevenson? Now it could be Joe Gacy from NXT. Hmm, okay. But I feel like he's doing a lot of stuff right now in in NXT that he wouldn't leave just yet to come up but that's like that's one of the options is is joe gacy i'm trying to think of anybody else that would just kind of would randomly he, pop would up. he have any connection though to the hardys and dudleys and all that kind of stuff no but it may just be pointing out the past mm, him coming okay. in as a future some some crap like that i don't know but i got you i think i think the two best options the two most likely options or Edge and Bray Wyatt. Sure. I don't think it's Gabe Stevenson or whatever his name is. I don't think it's anybody else. I think it's just down to those two guys. So. And I'm going to be happy with either one of them. I'll be happy with Edge. Like I'll, I will be happy with Edge. But you will be very. I'll be disappointed. Be disappointed. I'll be a little, I'll be disappointed. But that's just that's one of those of like, if I don't get the result I want, the result we still get is fine. Is good. That was like that's how I was feeling. The money in the bank was like, if Seth doesn't win, but we get like Sami Zayn or Drew winning, it's not the result I wanted. It's fine, as long as it's not an Austin Theory esque debut. <laughs> we're good. We're good. We're fine. Right. 
Well, ladies and germs, we're almost an hour into the show, and if you're still hanging with us and you're wondering what the heck we're talking about, welcome to the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast, a show that is for the fans, by the fans. Thanks for hanging out with us. My name is Chris Belcher. I am your host. We produce shows every Monday and Thursday. Make sure you're subscribing on the Body Slam.net YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you find your podcast and you're supporting the crew over at Sports Wire Radio. Of course, I am not by myself. Mr. Andy York, the young buck, is with me. Talk a little AEW to wrap up the show. We're recording this right after Dynamite went off the air. Well, somewhat. Um, <laughs> you know, because we had a lengthy conversation there. Um, somewhat we teased at the beginning of the show, man, the ring of honor pay-per-view announced for July 23rd, lots of good matches already on tap. Samoa Joe and Jay lethal, uh, Daniel Garcia and Willer Yuta and FTR and the Briscoes running it back, man. I'm glad to finally see some separation and see some R- more ROH stuff. We haven't seen it since mania, um, or mania weekend rather, uh, mania yeah. has nothing to do with AEW, but mania weekend. Um, <laughs> what about you? I mean, I, as an ROH fan, uh, are you excited by this or what's your thoughts? Yeah, no, I'm I'm thrilled for it. I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I I like that we're getting the pay per views. It seems like once every couple months. I think that's fine for a new company starting out. Um, probably trying to do different monthly pay per views than what they like what AEW puts out, so that there's some content mm-hmm. kind of coming out each and every time. So that that's great. Um, we haven't got as much Ring of Honor stuff on AEW TV in a long time. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that we're kind of going that way with everything. So I'm really looking forward to Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe. I think that's going to be amazing. Um, yeah. Garcia and Yuta, I think is going to be great as well. But I mean, FTR and the Briscoes killed it the first time. Yeah. And I think they're just going to, I think they're going to try to outdo themselves and they're going to succeed <laughs> because they're, they're just, it's going to be great. And that match is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, you mentioned FTR, obviously. It seems like they're on a collision course with the Young Bucks for all the tag belts. Yeah. All of them. Just throw them all on a rung and <laughs> or on a, a, a thing, and everybody's going to yep. climb the ladder and get them or whatever. The Young Bucks next week on the first night of Fighter Fest are taking on Swerve Strickland, Keith Lee, and then Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs mm-hmm. for the tag belts. Um, we You know, we talked before the last pay-per-view i think it was is when we had this big match with jurassic express swerve and keith lee and stars and Hobbs and all that mm-hmm. as to these two teams kind of seemed like they were just kind of thrown into the title picture with no rhyme or reason or whatever well here they are back up at it again and i know swerve and keith lee have kind of been a little wishy-washy here recently uh, but it's interesting that these two teams are getting this shot on this stage yeah, I you know I think Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks have been feuding with Swerve and Lee for a while, right? And obviously there's been a lot of tension between Swerve and Lee themselves. So I think we're I think we're coming to a head at Fighter Fest with all of that. Um, I will say it was very interesting they cut so um, Lee and Swerve wrestled the butcher the bunny the butcher and the blade tonight, um, and obviously Lee and Swerve won not in, not. But before that, Lee accidentally like did the 
thing where he bounced off the ropes and the thing he killed Adam Cole with in NXT. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, where he like shoved him. He did that, but he accidentally hit Swerve instead of Butcher or something like that. So there was mm-hmm. there was some miscommunications. Hobbs and Starks come out, and then the Young Bucks come out, and they're talking about the best tag team in the world, and they're a deafening FTR chance. I mean, deafening our FTR chance. So I Amazing. think the story that we're telling now is we're going to get probably Swerve turning on Lee at Fighter Fest. We're going to do whatever with Hobbs and Starks. And then I think we're, we're going to have the Young Bucks actively avoiding FTR until we get to All Out. Like, I think that's that path that we're going to take. And then when yeah. we get to All Out, we're going to have, like we said for the last couple of weeks, an All Out war for the AAA, the IWGP, the Ring of Honor, and the AW Tag Team titles, and it's, it's going to be great. It's going to be it's, amazing. It's insane. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I am looking forward to that one. Let me put it that way. Now, both those two two teams are not the greatest tag team in the world. Yes, we, done, we already discussed them earlier on. That's the Usos. Um, <laughs> FTR is close second, though. We'll, I'll give them that. Nah. Just say it. Anyway... <laughs> We're talking about championships. We had two big championship matches on Dynamite. Wardlow, after a long time of speculating like we have, finally squash a Scorpio Sky, winning the TNT championship. A long time coming. I wrote down in my notes, it's about dang time. The pop he got was huge. needed this belt, yes. The pop he got was massive. I think, I think they struck perfect timing because they had to tell the MJF stuff with Wardlow. They had to get Wardlow away from MJF and then tell yep. that kind of tell that story. And so now we built to this. I the match was I'm not going to say disappointing cuz Wardlow won at the end and it was like that was the end point that we needed to get to. Uh but it wasn't necessarily the street fight that I was expecting it to be. I think part of the reason why they did the street fight and it makes total sense why they did. Um obviously the men of the year and all the other thousands of people that are randomly a part of of that thing got involved right in the match which by the way it's brilliant strategy from scorpio sky death match against uh, not death match a, t- a street fight against a big dude like wardlow as soon as the bell ring he low blowed wardlow like it was brilliant he just low blowed him as soon as the bell right, ring. right um but all like everybody got in except for dan lambert they started to kind of try to beat down on wardlow scorpio kind of got the upper hand but then he wiped out lambert Powerbombed him four times and pinned him one, two, three. So Scorpio didn't do a whole lot, but that's, I mean, he's injured. They just had to get the title off right. of him. And they did, they, it was perfect the way they kind of handled it. So right. I'm just glad they got the belt on the word, though. I think he's going to hold it for a while. Um, yeah. Who the heck's going to beat him? Miro. Like, of course he's going to hold it for, like, yeah. Miro. I, Miro versus uh, Wardlow is, I'm already like dying to see that. Um, I will say just a shot in the dark and random one. And he main evented tonight. Brody King versus Wardlow for that title would be excellent as well. Yeah, that would be good. Um, speaking of, yeah, he main evented against John Moxley tonight for the interim. I guess I have to qualify that interim <laughs> AEW championship. I think Brody King versus Wardlow would be fantastic. I think you could do Malachi Black and Wardlow. I think Malachi yeah. could, you know, he could hold his own against the big guy mm-hmm. but john moxley and brody king uh john moxley continuing to be I, I we've talked about this before john moxley was the first obviously jericho was the first wwe guy because he helped start AEW. but john moxley right. was the first guy to defect and yeah. come over 
and has really felt like, I know we talked, uh, I think it was last week, we were talking about Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's wrestling ability is what brought fans in. The Young Bucks and their marketability and their appeal brought people in, and Cody Rhodes' big vision mm-hmm. is what, that's what built AEW. But John Moxley is the face of that company. Yeah. Like, oh, in, in my opinion, that company would not be where it is without John Moxley being the face of it and being the champion that he was through the pandemic and all that kind of stuff. So him being champion right now is great. Yeah. But I hate that it's a placeholder for just when Punk comes back. Yeah, I I agree because he looks amazing with that championship. I forgot how good he looks with that title. And being there in front of the crowd, hearing the pop that he got when he came out was huge. Um, so I'm, I'm glad he's getting the moment. I, I feel like we're going to have a lot of title defenses from him between now and whenever he faces Punk, which I'm I'm completely fine with because I think this is their kind of like, he was champion during the pandemic. Nobody really got to see him as champion in person. Right. We're going to have all the matches now with John Moxley as champion, which yeah. I get it. It's fine. Like, run with it. It will strike while the iron's hot, run with it. So I, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with him. Um, I was, I was a little disappointed when Tanahashi didn't win it, but man, as soon as I saw Moxley with that title tonight, I so fine with it. Moxley yeah. looks great with it. Moxley definitely is one of the faces of AEW. Obviously, you have to put Kenny in there. You have to put the Bucks in there. Sure um, you, you have to put Jericho in there. But like Moxley is one of the top guys in all of AEW. And, you know, he, he's absolutely killing it right now. Yep. He absolutely is. That is for sure. We just said absolutely two sentences in a row. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, good stuff. Very good show tonight. I uh, hope you guys have enjoyed it. Before we sign off, though, high spots and turd sandwiches, the highs and the lows this week in the wrestling business. I'll go first. I'll hand out my turd sandwich not to uh, bring up old wounds that we talked about earlier, but my turd sandwich is the execution of Liv Morgan's cash-in. I just thought everything around it was just garbage. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to feel good because you know that I've not been super high on Liv Morgan mm-hmm. throughout her run. So I wanted to feel good when she finally had that feel good moment. And I thought everything about it was wrong. It just, it did not go well for me. That's my, uh, that's just my two cents. Mm-hmm. Your turd sandwich of the week. Theory. Just boom. Theory. That's, yep. that's all I can say is theory. Winning the money in the bank theory doing whatever he's going to do with it from now on. Just, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. I hope, I hope when we come back in like five weeks or like five months or whatever it is, three weeks after SummerSlam, man, I swear if he cashes in and wins there, I, Mm. I'm going to not be happy unless Bray Wyatt's there. And even then I'm going to be like, Oh, you give me Bray. See, this is what they do. They give you live winning and then they give you theory and it's annoying. Give us both, give us both. And we'll be happy. Um. Yeah. I theory winning. I know you probably thought I was gonna say Ronda Natty, but Ronda Natty ended with Liv winning the title, which I'm totally fine with. So sure, that's that's that. that's why that's not on there. Theory is yeah, it's not good. 
It's not no, good. Not good. My high spot of the week, we talked about it earlier. I have nothing left more to say about it. Usos and Street Profits, like you can't. It's hard to compete with that. I yeah. don't, and I know that we've been throwing darts at each other through this whole episode, and I know that you know we like to pick at the FTR Usos argument, but man, like that match is hard to top. And if you're topping that match and you got FTR and somebody across the ring and you're topping what the Usos and the Prophets did, like you're having some of the best stuff in the world. Mm-hmm. Like, because that match right there is so hard to top, man. Yeah. That was phenomenal. Yeah, it was. It really was. So you need to watch Death Before Dishonor because the Briscoes are going to do it. Um, But <laughs> I just, <Yeah. laughs> just messed with it. No, I agree. I that. That was one of the best tag matches of the year was yep. Profits and, and Usos. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, but just to give something different, because that was obviously my high spot, sure. um, I'll throw out there from tonight, actually, uh, Roosh versus Penta was just stupid good for no reason. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. Uh, great stuff from both guys. So that was – if you haven't seen that one, go check that one out. Go check it out. Make sure that you're caught up on all this wrestling news and make sure you're caught up on the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Federation, our fantasy booking podcast that we do on Mondays here in this very same feed. The go home show before our first pay-per-view just aired this past Monday. You can get it in your traditional audio format or the video version on the Body Sun Donut YouTube channel. So make sure you catch yourself up on all the storylines. Pay-per-view coming up this Monday. Make sure you're caught up on that and make sure you're following along with us on social media at PBW podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Andy is at Andy underscore PBWP. I'm at Chris Pelzer 24. Give us a follow. Interact with us. We want to talk about what you want to hear about. Best way for us to know how to do that for you to give us feedback on social media. Please make sure you are doing that. All right. Until this Monday for our pay-per-views Thanks for hanging out with us on this edition of the Pipe Bomb Wrestling Podcast. For Mr. Andy York, my name is Chris Belcher, and we will catch you guys down the road.